This is the G Podcast with your host, Tommy B. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to episode 171 of This is the G Podcast. And, and you know, it's, you know, we're in playoff mode, NBA playoffs, a lot of stuff going on. But, you know, unfortunately, uh, evil just refuses to take a holiday. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about everything, but I do want to mention the fact that uh, we just experienced another mass shooting as we come on today in Dadeville, Alabama, which is uh, Tallapoosa County, Alexander City, Opelika, 85 miles from Birmingham, uh, Fort Kill, just north of Montgomery. Uh, and we'll get into that after the news. Uh, also another mass shooting in Louisville, two dead, four injured. Uh, our guest, uh, part of the Castropolis podcast family is here, Daniel Estelle. We'll talk to her about some stuff as well as get her take on this. Uh, she has Get, a, get Out the Root podcast, Get At the Root podcast, and also um, This Week podcast. Um, and, and going back a little bit, Sanyu has actually co-hosted with me going back to the GP3 podcast. I'm going to get her take on what she feels about that. Tanya B is here. Vi is here, the country commentator. But what we're going to do is go ahead and get in the news with Syracuse Mike. Here we go. News team, assemble! Time for the Week in News with Syracuse Mike. Louisville, Kentucky, the latest city to report a mass shooting. Four people were killed and at least nine others were injured, including two police officers. It happened at a bank in downtown Louisville. The lone gunman, Connor Sturgeon, is also dead. Authorities say he was either a current or previous employee at the bank. Reports indicate he was between 23 and 25 years old. Kentucky Governor Andy Beshear was visibly upset at a press conference Monday after losing a friend in the shooting. This is awful. I have a very close friend that didn't make it today. And I have another close friend who didn't either, and one who's at the hospital that I hope is, is going to make it through. Bashir also offered condolences to the victims' families. To honor those that have fallen and as so many families grieve, I'm ordering our flags statewide, fly half-staff until Friday. The U.S. Supreme Court has temporarily restored full access to a commonly used abortion pill. This will give the court several days to make a formal decision. Justin J. Pearson was reappointed to his seat in the Tennessee State House Wednesday. Pearson is one of two young black Democratic state lawmakers expelled last week. The commissioners of Shelby County, the home of Memphis, voted unanimously for Pearson to fill the seat he was removed from. He now joins Justin Jones of Nashville, who was also returned to the House Monday by Nashville's Metro Council. Pearson and two colleagues have risen to national prominence after a move that many believe has backfired. Pearson and Jones were kicked out by the Republican-dominated House for leading gun reform protests with a bullhorn on the chamber floor following the recent mass shooting at a Nashville elementary school. A middle Georgia coach is facing a strong backlash after his racist videos were discovered on social media. One video features Mark Taylor saying that he had not seen a single white person in Atlanta. 
He then goes on a rant about how almost everyone in the city is black. He uses the N-word as well. Taylor runs a private training camp. It's called Speed Edge Sports. Many of the young athletes he trains are black. He's been renting space from Central Fellowship Christian Academy in Macon, and they have now ended their relationship with Taylor. Taylor has not commented publicly since local media was made aware of the video. According to Louisville police, the AR-15 used in Monday's mass shooting was purchased legally by the shooter about a week ago, and the victims were targeted. Louisville's mayor, Craig Greenberg, wants state and federal lawmakers to move from thoughts and prayers to action. He also announced there will be a vigil. This vigil will be to acknowledge the wounds, physical and emotional, that gun violence leaves behind. President Biden called Atlanta Mayor Andre Dickens to let him know that the Democratic National Convention will not be coming to the Peach State. The convention will be held in Chicago. Atlanta was the runner-up city. So why Chicago? It's a big union town, and it appears the White House wants to send a positive message to organized labor by holding the event in the Windy City. There's been a probable cause arrest in Massachusetts in connection to those leaked classified documents that you've been hearing about. U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland. The Justice Department arrested... Jack Douglas Teixeira in connection with an investigation into alleged unauthorized removal, retention, and transmission of classified national defense information. The 21-year-old suspect is a low-level Air National Guardsman and is believed to have been the leader of an online chat group where hundreds of photos of secret documents were first uploaded starting late last year through March. 20 to 30 young men and teenagers with a fascination for military gear, guns, and video games make up the group, which is also known for using racist language. The Macon Bib NAACP and Houston NAACP held a joint press conference Thursday afternoon at Rosa Park Square in downtown Macon in reference to racist videos on social media posted by a local personal trainer, Mark Taylor. The video shows Taylor making racist comments while in Atlanta. Gwinnett Westbrooks, the president of the Macon Bib NAACP, says they will request an investigation by the GBI to bring charges against Taylor for making terroristic threats. You know, I want to I want to read this from the National Urban League because they issued their State of Black America report this weekend. As a matter of fact, yesterday we tape on Sunday, so the report came out on Saturday. Uh, of course, Mark Moriel is the CEO, but. Um, The report argues that right-wing extremists and extremism is spreading in classrooms, law enforcement, the military, Congress, and it's resulting in in violence, uh, aggressive laws, and racial polarization. The mainstreaming of extremist ideology is an existential threat to American democracy, the rule of law, and decades of hard-won progress toward an equitable, inclusive, more perfect union. And, and that's from um, Mark Moriel. And, and he said that to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And, and you know, I'm, I'm a little pissed because when the video came out of this coach, and I, I spent 16 years in middle Georgia. As a matter of fact, I um, worked with a sports station and we did a lot of work with those high schools Um, You know, some of the teams within the area, college teams. And, you know, when I first heard about it, uh, you know, shrugged it off for a minute. Then I viewed the video. And, And I have to say, you know, it's not that I can't believe he said it. I can't believe how intentional he was 
his 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 demeanor in in terms of how he delivered his message. And I applaud the NAACP. I do. Because the NAACP, especially in middle Georgia, takes a lot of heat for doing nothing in that area. And, and honestly, they needed to step up. You do not hear, you see pictures of this coach taking pictures with uh, Dabo Sweeney. You see him with uh, Kirby Smart. You see him with Nick Saban. You've not heard a peep from any of these coaches stepping away from him. He has lost his facility, the facility he was actually uh, paying monthly from a church. The church released a statement. Um, I am shocked that the mayor, the black, the first black mayor, maybe she has by now, has not made a statement regarding this in Warner Robins. And and it is it, it, it's appalling because, you know, it, I guess it was meant to be funny. And, and y'all are up, you know, your mics are on. I guess it was meant to be funny, you know. And What's funny about that? Yeah, that's my point. You know, yeah, there's, when there's when there. when you are in a city like Atlanta, and you basically, you know, there may have been some jokes around some of the points he made, but the main point I heard, which I think the NAACP is grasping right now, is the fact that he said he's coming back and do he's going to be hunting black people in Atlanta. That you know, and and I just read the statement from. The National Urban League. So, so there, you know, and, and I had a conversation with some folks. Hey, you know, don't get riled up about that. You know, he's, you know, he's crazy. He's out of his mind. He spent a couple of years in prison. And, and this has nothing to do with someone spending time in jail because there are people who are doing incredible things who have spent time. And it, that has nothing to do with Martin this. Luther King went to jail. Yeah, that's went, my point. Went to jail. I'm Th- sorry. This, that has, right, that has nothing to do this with anything. This has nothing to do with the fact that he Leona was arrested. Right, arrested for stalking. Please. This is about a guy who is a hardcore racist. Who, yep. who knows? I mean, th- one of the things that, and, and I want to get your uh, the panel's take on this. And again, Sanya Estelle, thank you for coming on today. We're going to talk to her about what's going on. And, and she's got a new project coming out. I uh, want to, you know, we're going to play the project before we go into tea. But we'll, we'll get into all that. But I, I'd love your take on the fact that when I heard that, the first thing I heard was, hey, uh, all these missing black people in the city these missing black women you know we got posters you know missing in black kids missing in black nobody has an idea what's going on you can't be dismissive when people like this are making these types of comments you can't dismiss it so i hope that middle georgia and and, and i've lived i lived there for 16 years i hope middle georgia comes to its senses now, I, I applaud both NAACPs, Warner, Warner Robbins and Macon, but I need to hear from the other leadership in that area. OK, I you know, I know black parents being a black parent that I would never let this guy coach my kids, not come close to my kids. He brags about the fact that he has coached a lot of kids, the majority of them being black, into D1 schools. So, I'll start with you. You're our guest, Sanya Estelle. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, no, I was like, it's interesting hearing you talk about it because I was like, oh, this must be a generational difference in that you're like, I understand how it can be. There's no way to take the only way to take what that was, was that was racist and crazy. No, I, mean, I, I have no other way to take it. Other whether than there's, no <laughs> no. there's no joke. <laughs> no, go ahead. I was like, there's no joke in there because you were parceling it out like the problem is that he said he was going to come back and shoot people. The whole thing was the problem. So for me, I feel like, okay, whatever. I'm from LA. I'm Gen, I'm Gen Y. And I'm not as like enveloped in the culture that is overtly and historically racist because California, you know, LA is like a hundred years old. Okay. It's like 120 years old. So I feel like there's a, a constancy of that climate in the South that creates a desensitization that is like, I've seen such a large spectrum of racism that on that spectrum, this is okay. You know, yeah. when none of it's okay. None of it's so, okay. So, yeah. I agree with you. I don't have any kids. Then I'm going to you, Tanya B. What What are your thoughts? You know, my thoughts are, you know, and maybe I've missed it. What have the parents of these kids that he's coached? You know, what do they have to say about him? Number one, like you said, I me, mean, this should kind of be one of those situations to me, and you know, and I'm a baby boomer, um, where there was a time when that would like set off riots, and you know, in this city, and it would you know bleed over into other cities. And this man was doing what he's been doing for a very long time. He just got caught on film. So now you know, it's like what he said was intentional. What he said was deliberate, and I believe he meant it. And he's been feeling that way for years. It just he just didn't wake up and say, "Oh, I'm gonna go to Atlanta and drive through, you know, and be racist." I would drop. I always say, "Drop the ass up there and bank it over in the SWAT. Let him sit over there at the traffic light and get stuck, get caught traffic." Yeah. Number one, number two, um, you know, he's one of those people that will drop the N word around black people and act like it's okay. Or if they haven't chin checked him when he said it, then he thinks it is okay. And that's an issue I have with these, these millennials and, you know, some of these X, Y, Z gen people that think that's okay, but they don't know the history of the word, mm -hmm. you know, other people, younger people may not get pissed, but me, I'm like, Oh no, you know, how about I go out and hunt him? Okay. And I think if he knows, if he knows what's good for him, he would not come into, especially Fulton County, Atlanta proper, period. The fact he was, he was in downtown yeah. Atlanta yeah, well, at the yeah. CNN yeah. center. Yeah. Right. And I'm, I'm saying, okay, well, hmm, I drove through Atlanta just a couple of days ago and I was over by the King center and all I saw was white people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I mean? You know, it's like, you know, he somebody needs to just buck up on him. I think, you know, he if this needed to happen so that people who might have been. And if you're considering letting this man be anywhere close to your children, parents, and don't settle like, uh, you know, for a dollar like some other folks have done. Keep him away from your kids, because now you know how he really feels. Just these black folks. Uh, as dollar signs and nothing more. I bet you. Hey, look, if there was a fire. He wouldn't be the person running the house and try to save anybody. Yeah, I agree. Right, Vi, Vi, we're coming to you, Vi. You, okay. you, you played sports in Middle Georgia. You know, you, as a matter of fact, you know, you're from Forsyth, which is, you know, basically Middle Georgia, that area. Uh, we both played sports. You know, we mm -hmm. played high school sports in the 80s. Um, and, and you know most of the people he took pictures with. He took pictures with Nick Saban, uh, Dabo. Uh, he took pictures with Kirby Smart here in Georgia. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and, and my question is, where are they? Because, you know, not only is this a regional 
story. Um, this is a national story and it's become an international story. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to give the guy uh, notoriety across the world, but I think people need to understand when somebody like Tim Scott, <clears throat> who is now currently running for president, makes a statement that racism does not exist. Then, you know, these are the kind of these are the times when you say, oh, yeah, Tim Scott, well, why don't you listen to what this guy has to say? And then, you know, I, 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 I said the joking thing, because there are people who are actually out there defending him. Really? Saying, oh, he's not serious. You know he's not serious. It's only TikTok. Now, what are your thoughts on on, on that, Vi? Well, I'm not surprised that he said it. And I'm not surprised he said the way he said it. Because I'm pretty sure he thought that guy he was talking to was not filming him. And he probably thought that guy was just a friend. Because there's no way he would have been that deliberate and said that, knowing that guy was filming him and not thinking the guy was a friend of his. Because his business is training black athletes. Yes. yes. So there's no way he he would have want anybody to hear him say because I'm pretty sure there's plenty white coaches, white Americans who would say that thing around their peers and their friends. Yeah. They would not say that around anybody to jeopardize their job. So no, I'm not shocked. We're in the South. Yeah. Well, he, and, we and, know, and, that's, we're, we're, and that's the other thing. I'm glad Sanyu mm-hmm. said what she said about her living in L.A., and hearing that and from L.A. or any other region saying, hey, there's no way in hell any of that <laughs> is proper. You know, and I'm glad she said that because, you know, because I think a lot of people are from the South and they deal with this. And we've dealt with this before. We dealt with this all the time. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it appropriate. Oh, no. It doesn't make it funny. And I'll, and I'll say this funny. because there's some people who have not heard what he said. Now, I'm not going to play it. I'm not going to play it on this podcast. I'm not going to you know, dignify, you know, his uh, his stupidity by playing it on the show. But um, he said basically um he was complaining about the number of black people as he was driving through downtown in a car. Uh, he joked that he and, and put yourself on mute. Vi, uh, yeah, go ahead and do it right now. Um, he basically said that he and his friend Roe, they're driving through downtown. A, a black female looked like she, she was in a car. He, he flashed her. And then he said, well, you know, look, um, because she was about to cut him off. And, and he basically said, well, if she's going to cut me off, my friend Roe right here, and then he pointed to a tree and said, basically, you cut us off and you want to play that, we will hang you right here and show the tree. Um, you know, the other thing was, uh, he just said so many problematic things, going into the room service, you know, calling, you know, speaking to, you know, women and then black women. Uh, you know, it's just so, it was so problematic yeah, to sure. me. He he has been doing this all his life. Oh, you look at his he face. Just, you could tell. You could tell. He just got he just got caught. Yeah. Now I'm pretty sure he is terrified now because he knows his business is over. Yeah. And none of these coaches are gonna have anything to do with him anymore. But you none know what, Vod, let me say this. Let me ask you this. Do you because everybody knows if you're in sports, if you're in South in the Southeast, that there's a pipeline that gets these athletes and puts them on the recruitment pipeline. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. Oh yeah. Basically they start, some of them start in middle school from elementary school to middle school, to high school, to college. I mean, true for, for real. And this happens even when you, even if, even in LA, anywhere in the country, there's a pipeline. These guys are part of the pipeline. 
These small guys, you never really see them. You don't know their name, but they're part of the pipeline. Oh, most definitely. My, my point, or I think somebody or these schools, even though they say, look, we don't know him. If Kirby Smart comes out and says, I don't know him. If Dabo comes out, same thing with Saban. But they should say, if he's anywhere in our pipeline, he won't be anymore. And we're going well, to check. Now, now, go ahead. I'll let you say it. Go ahead. Let you talk. They're probably going to say something, but they're waiting until their publicists tell them when is the right time to say something. But you know what? The right time is now, Vi. No, it's already out there. Yeah, it's they're, they're not going to mess up their bag. That is how you care. feel. They're, they're not, not going to mess ju- up the bag. That's it. But my, they're not just going to react. They're going to. I'm, I'm telling you, you know, they're waiting until their publicists tell them when it's time for them to say it. But my point is this, Vi. What, 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 what do they lose by saying for our pipeline, this guy is not going to be a part of our because you can easily deny I don't know. You can you can easily say I don't know him because you're not dealing with him. Your assistant coaches, your assistant, 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 assistant coaches are dealing with him. So you never see him. But you can say to the media, I don't know him. And as a matter of fact, he's not going to be part of our pipeline. What does it hurt to say that? It doesn't. It just, they just got a system how they use it. But what? Let break, me ask you how does how does them. how does losing their what does losing their bag have to it, do with saying this racist is not going to be part of the pipeline? They, could, they just got somebody. No, I do hear you. No, you because you're not. It don't have no, anything. But no, but no, no. But what we're talking about is this is not a guy who is a household they, name. He is not. No, he is not. He is not. He's not. Look, look. He's not a household name. Do you know him, Tanya B? Baker, but you, no, bye, 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 bye. Let me ask you: Do you know him? I've never heard of. him. Okay, if, if you've never heard of him, then what? What? Don't don't make excuses for these guys. What? No. What? What does it take for somebody who is never? Not one word has ever spoken his name. Not not one piece of media. As a matter of fact, most people don't know him. What does it take for them to say, look, I don't know him, but he's not going to be part of our pipeline. Uh, Okay. okay. Let me ask you something. Who's talking about him now? Everybody basically on social media. The news outlets. He, like you said, nobody knows him. He's not that important to GBI now. He's not now. When he when when more people start talking about him, then they may say something. But Dude, he's already out there. Yeah, but he's a nobody. He's not anymore. Well, until they feel like he is somebody, they're not gonna say anything. Okay. All right. Talk so to they, don't, they don't want to. They, they don't want to bring that. They don't want to bring that that, 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 bad, that bad publicity to them. But but what? What's, what's, but let me say. Let me say this again. What is bad about saying? That we're not going to have racist part of oh. our pot. No, listen to what I'm saying, Bye. Just hear what I'm, I'm saying. What? No, no, no. Hear what I'm saying. What is wrong with saying that we're not going to have racist as part of our pipeline? What's nothing. wrong? Okay, well, if nothing's nothing. wrong with it, then why doesn't the coach of UGA, why doesn't the coach at the University of Alabama, why doesn't the coach at Clemson, why doesn't the coach at Tennessee, why won't the SEC coaches step up and just say, we're not going to have these racists in our pipeline? Now, that's because all I'm they, saying. I'm telling you, because they probably figure if they don't say nothing, he's a nobody. Well, you know, but, but he basically took pictures 
with all okay. this. And he he no, listen to what listen to what I'm about to say. And and he's been on social media since 2016 and beyond talking about the the players he's brought to these to these programs. So my point is, what is wrong? Would saying nothing no. is wrong. Well, it, well, okay, okay, okay. You said that. Then, if nothing is wrong, then say it. Because you know what? The, the, the majority of UGA, the majority of Alabama, the majority of Tennessee, the majority of Clemson. These players are black players, and they're going to continue going to those schools and to somebody like ESPN. I'm not, I'm, look, CNN, ABC, CBS start talking about it. They're but, not going to say okay, anything. But, but again, I go back to if you're going to get rid of racism, if you're going to call it out, regardless, if you're going to call it out, it's not about your bag. Because I will tell you, there are coaches. Look, San Antonio coach, Steve Kerr, he has a bag to lose out at gold in Golden State. These are the kind of coaches who step up and say, look, we're not going to have it. No, no, vi, vi. Money, pound for pound, they get paid the same. Okay. Like I said, I'm going to say it again. Okay. To CBS, ESPN. It's, it's already. It, it's, it, it, I ain't seen nobody folks talk about this man yet. Yeah. None of them. It's on their social media. It's on their it's social, on the social media. media. It's, it's, on, not on the, it's on. It's not on the big. It's not on the big social media. It's on CNN social media. It's on the it's yeah. on it's on the beast, the Daily Beast. Until they get out there on TV, where people like me who don't watch, who not on social media like that, see it, they're not going to say anything. Okay, so it's it's they should not make a blanket statement and say racist like this will not exist in our and pipeline. I've not heard him say it. Before. No, I've never heard it. Said, when have you heard him say it? They have always said they're not racist. No. Racist like this, it's not about okay. them not being racist. It's like we're not going to have racist in our pipeline. I'm going to leave it at this because we got to move on. But my point is, by, even, if they don't, even, even if they don't mention his name, you, you're saying they can't, even, they, they can't even come out and say we're not going to have racist like this in our pipeline in the SEC. I didn't say they can't. I said they choose not to. Okay, so they if they choose not to, where does it put them? Where do you deal. think it puts them? It ain't hurting them. It's not hurting their recruiting. It's not. All right. I'm a, I'm a, They're racist. Uh, they're racist. <laughs> I'm not dismissing. I don't think it's what's funny is me and you arguing about this. No, it's not. It, it, look, <laughs> I, look, I think it's I think yeah, it's, I think, it's a I think it's worth it because when this guy comes to a major city, because that's why people are going to laugh at the NAACP, because the listen, listen to what I'm saying. The NAACP is basically saying this guy's making terroristic threats. We can't assume that he knows nothing. We can't assume we can't assume that he's joking. Tanya B, I'm going to give you the last word on this and we'll move on. I just say this. Like I said, I still believe it's all about the bag. And when you have large groups that, you know, like the SEC, and I mean, look at all those NBA coaches that were called out as being racist. And there really were no consequences except that one in California that had to sell the team. But the other thing is, I believe that, you know, they're waiting. I think one thing they're kind of waiting to see if the news cycle will turn and something else will happen. Because the minute there's right. another mass shooting, this is going to go to the back burner, unfortunately, but it's usually true. That's what happens. The That's other thing is that, you know, when you have large groups like this, they all get, to, they could be in a, what do you call that thing? The, the, the war room or the, 
whatever that room was like Obama and them used to go to when it was time to go to war. And I'm telling you, these people, because I see it happens a lot, and you know this, Tommy B, even in the music industry, it's not the same. I get it. But what had happened was they go and they sit down and they get their version of Olivia Pope and they craft. Everything they're going to do, they craft how they're going to deal with this man. Right. They're going to craft who says what and one when. Right. And they're also going to make sure that they have somebody else who might have been knocking at the door, banging on the pipeline that will come in. And they might be who knows, they might it might be whatever his name is, KKK man, Jr., but they have, they're putting systems in place, and I believe they're going to have somebody, this guy might be blackballed, and he should be, and I hope he saves his money, because he's going to need it, including to pay for security. Oh, he's done. He's done. Um, yeah, he and there'll be somebody else that they will slide in there to replace him. And Look, as far as Tim okay. Scott goes, Tim Scott, <laughs> he needs to go over to 52nd and Parkside in the Badlands of Philadelphia. For him to say uh, uh, racism doesn't exist shows you how much of an idiot he really is and for him to say that um well when i become president i'm gonna pass the most aggressive most restrictive abortion ban that there is excuse me black negro not black man negro you will not be president but i'm I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna say this i'm gonna say this and and this is what this is this is what i mean okay my meaning in saying their pipeline I'm not saying that this guy, he's not a part of their staff. I know that. He has nothing to do with their staff. He's like a but he's, 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 he's like an independent, okay? Well, and, and if, if, with, the, with the college scandal, he was an independent. If, if, if he's an independent, if he, is an, if he is an independent and you're doing business with him and in some way you've paid him through, especially USG, and all these are state schools. These yeah, aren't, these are, these, listen, listen to what I'm saying. These are not private schools. These are state universities. Okay? So if these are state universities giving money to somebody like this, then they are accountable. Then they are supposed to come out and eventually say, especially with a GBI investigation, then they are supposed to come out and say, this guy is not part of our pipeline. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying. They don't even have to say his name. But they need to say for students and for at least the parents, at least say that racism like this in the pipeline of our schools does not exist. Okay, I'm gonna leave it at that. Uh, San you is still having some technical issues. Let's do this. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take a break. San you appreciate you coming through. I know it's kind of crazy over there because they're doing two hour blocks uh, on on their cable system on the uh, cable system so, on go the, ahead put yourself on mute because because it's it's kind of it's kind of nutty cause, cause it's, it's, <laughs> so so they're they're doing they're doing they're doing they're doing two hours I'll, I'll call you there are two hour rolling blocks on their internet you know la so uh so what we'll do is let's go to her new single uh and then we'll take a break and we'll come back with tea here we go They 
say being in love is just like the movies. What you hear in songs or see on the TV. If you just fall in line, you'll have all that you see. Segregate by a house, then fill it with progeny. Is this all you need? By a love contrary. Can this be all you see? Transaction, transaction. I ain't cheap. I just want you to know that my love, that my love ain't transactional. If you want it, if you want it, just to put it on the shelf. Estelle in the building. Yeah, give it up. Give it up. Yes, I got to go and give you some, <laughs> some love. I love it. I love it. There you go. Sanya uh, Estelle, you there? You in the building? I, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. And I know I know it's kind of crazy. LA is, LA is always rolling something. You see, the power is internet, is water. 
I don't know how you do it, but you do it. So, so tell us, tell people. us a little bit. And, 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 you know, I'm, I'm being a little, um, nepotistic, I guess, a little bit uh, of nepotism. Yeah, I was about to say, what was you going to name drop over here? <laughs> but, but I, I know Millennial Nick was, was part of the production, but, uh, it's been a minute since you've been on the show, uh, saying you were still again. Uh, you started when we first started, uh, the G, uh, GP3 podcast. Yeah. Um, you were one of the first podcasts to actually join Castropolis. And and I know you you know still doing uh, a lot of things around the LA area. But how'd you how'd you get involved with the music side of things? What, what got you connected with that? I mean, I've always sang. I I grew up singing jazz and blues, and I grew up singing in church and stuff. Um, but I never wanted to. I never thought I wanted to write my own music. My dad always wanted me to be a musician, which was an interesting position because I was like, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a marine biologist. And he's like, you should be a musician, <laughs> yeah. which is un unusual for a father figure. But um, and because I grew up in L.A. doing spoken word slam poetry and competitively competing in poetry in the poetry community, you're really shunned from like sounding musical. So I really never mixed those worlds of writing and singing until my dad died in January of 2020. Mm. And, um, you know, dealing with all the funerals stuff because he's from Uganda. So that was like two funerals. I didn't even know COVID was a thing till I got back in yeah. the end of February. Like I hadn't even heard the word. Wow. And so when we went into lockdown, like three days after my birthday, because my birthday is March 5th, we were inside and we were grieving and it was weird. And all of a sudden I just felt inspired to write music. Um, and I reached out to some friends who I knew had made some tracks. And of course, magically, my friend had like 10 tracks and my other friend had two and my cousin had one. And like over the course of quarantine, I had an album in me. It turns out. Good stuff. Um, yeah. My dad wrote, helped me write it in spirit. That's how I feel. Let me ask you, and, and you know, I've known, again, I've known you, known you for a while. How did, how did the change, because I remember how you were when I first saw your post in Instagram and I'm, I'm like, damn, this, this lady is an activist. She's plugged in. How did, when your father passed, how did that impact your views on the world? Did it have any, any make any changes, impact any in, in, in any way how you saw things yeah for sure i feel like in the early grieving window i almost was like tapped out emotionally i remember when covid was happening like my dad had just died and everyone was being very scared about dying and i was just like well death happens you know like what is shocking about that yeah. but i because i was in i was dealing with my processing my trauma. Mm -hmm. So I feel like in the beginning I was taking life less seriously, but more in the negative way. And then I neutralized as I started creating more. And, um, and it definitely has made me more compassionate and, um, more thoughtful of myself as a woman. Cause I think if you're raised by your father, right? Like that's, I, I was like, the way I describe it is like, that's free love in a way if, if they raise you and they love you. So when he died, I was like, oh, will anyone love me that much again, just because they feel like it? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, that's the yeah. question I asked myself because I'm not, um, you know, partnered or having children or anything like that. So it definitely just made me think about manhood and male, male appreciation and affection and relationship to masculinity in a way where now I had to sort of fill in that gap because he's not there to speak his mind. 
Gotcha. I got you. Well, we we appreciate you and and thank you again. And hang out with us because you you know you got a better connection by phone. We'll just we'll just keep you on by phone. But we're going to go ahead and do the tea. But the single is Buyer Love. When is the full album coming out? When is it actually going to be available? Okay. Okay. Well, first of all, you said nepotism, but you didn't even tell them what that means. So, what I, millennial Nick, saying, that yes. you know, uh, is my son. Millennial Nick produces the show. So whenever I finish the show, bam, it goes to Millennial Nick, and, and Millennial Nick works the magic on it. But but he, I know he's been he's been working with you on on def- several of the songs, the first album and this album. So and he yes. worked on the singles. So good stuff. I mean, I couldn't have an album without your son because first of all, you recommended him to me. So shout out to you because sometimes people on the internet will be like, you know. My my cousin, my my so and so does this, and you're like, it doesn't how though. But since Tommy found me on the internet and like sent me my first internet uh, like compatible microphone, I knew I could trust you. Hmm. And so we have a new single coming out this month. We're currently tightening that up. It's called Alien. I wrote it like in 2011 and finished writing it last year, and we just recorded it. I recorded my last track yesterday. Wow. So, yes. Yeah, so I think that we're looking at a July release. Good stuff. I'll give it up for Samuel Estelle, y'all. And, and, you know, it's it's very different kind of music. And, and I think, again, you know, I think it's important that many messages and directions of black music is, are, you know, those those messages are shared with the world. It's really important, especially now. So uh, I applaud you uh, for what you do, uh, because it is the music is an extension of who you are. So uh, congrats, congrats to Thank you, and, you. And, and all the best. Let's go ahead and, um, and do what we normally do around this time. Now then, children, it's time for tea. Hang with it's us now. It's tea time, I'm y'all. With- Sipping the tea with Tanya B. Tanya B is in the building. Tanya B, what you got? What you got? Yeah, first of all, to all the people at East Point, you can, you can um, put your phones down and um, take your finger off nine. We're not talking about escape this week. But what uh, inquiring minds really want to know is what really happened to Jimmy Fox that landed him in this Atlanta hospital. Uh, you know, he's about to finish his movie. He's always built about this foo-foo in this movie with him and he got Cameron Diaz out of retirement. This is the same movie when they were over in, I told you a few weeks ago, over in the UK where someone was trying to extort him. He fired the producer, two directors, and the chauffeur. So uh, I'm not certain that he has a family health history of this particular issue. But, you know, you can be between the lines in a cryptic message when they say things like he's learning to communicate. Hmm, is that a symptom of something um, that really, uh, you know, black folks get a lot of? Or if someone says it's a wait and see situation. So we'll wait and see when they really come out and, uh, you know, we'll, if they'll ever say, you know, a lot of times, like Aretha Franklin would never admit that she, you know, was battling cancer. The next thing you know, she weighs two pounds and then she's passed away. All I'll say is word from the streets says he's suffering from a mild uh, condition that starts with an S as in Sam and ends with an E and you fill in the blanks and Mm. make your own assumptions. We just lift him up and we lay him on the altars of the 5,000 Black Baptist churches of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And that's all we can do until we hear something else. But a lot of celebrities have taken to uh, social media and just sending him words of encouragement. And, you know, the prayer circle is large. So we just hope that... um, know he can make a full recovery because a lot of people Mm. you know especially in his family they depend on him for their livelihood he takes care of a lot of people so hopefully he'll he'll be back and uh another thing Teresa talking about kiki palmer and her baby daddy 
Now his name is, he calls himself an actor, AKA Darius Jackson, you know, the baby daddy. Uh, and this is just a, a teachable moment. Don't marry guys you meet at parties or in nightclubs. It never lasts. But anyway, word from the curb is that he was already creeping on his former girlfriend. Her name is Taylor. And she was pregnant. He pressured her to terminate her pregnancy. And then three weeks later, where do you think he is? The hobosexual and moved into Kiki Palmer's house. Mm-hmm. Well, she's got the baby now. According to social media, he's a fitness instructor and he has a YouTube channel. That's how he makes his living. He might have had a bit part here and there because they actually met in a party that was hosted by Issa Rae, from, as we know from Insecure. And then Kiki had said before that he was going to be a house husband, a.k.a. babysitter, a.k.a. Her man ain't got no job, y'all. So she'll go out and make the money and he's going to stay at home with baby Leo. But we're, she, we're from the curb and she's taking that baby and she's going all around the world and I, 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 I don't know if it's true, but I uh, heard she took the baby to France then she took the baby to Oprah's house. So, you know, we don't know. But Kiki Palmer is like that niece that we have that everybody likes. So it would behoove him not to do her wrong because if he thinks he's getting you know, drugged for filth right now, I agree. He upsets he upsets Kiki. It's gonna be real ugly. And you know what's interesting is he you know kind of he didn't claim her like Nelly didn't claim Ashanti for a long time, and you know they've already broken up one time. So I hope for the sake of Baby Leo they will get it together, be mature. And if you have an issue with your boyfriend, your boo thing, your side piece, whoever, please, 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 in the name of James Brown, do not air out your dirty laundry on social media because although you may delete it, it is still out there, okay? Gotcha. And speaking of that, let's talk about the latest installment of the Nick Cannon Chronicles. Mm-hmm. We now have one baby mama scorned already. Her name is Lanisha, and she got upset because uh, Nick was challenged in a recent radio interview to name all 12 of his kids, and he couldn't do it. And the baby that he left out was the baby he has by Lanisha, so she's all upset. And apparently the two of them have been uh, butting heads because they have are conflicting parenting styles, as it is, is termed. So I'm like, Lanisha, you out there flat back and it's too little, too late. You know, Nick got six baby mamas and 12 kids and we hear one more on the way. So, you know, if you thought you were just going to get a check for the next 18 years, honey, boo on you. And, you know, Nick finally admitted that uh, he had the one that got away, he said, was Mariah Carey. And she is not thinking about him. And, you know, there's a song that came out that had been in the can since 2014. Uh, Mariah called It's a Rap. And I believe he wrote that song about Nick Cannon. So, eh. And, but, you know, now he's got this new, um, this is a talk show or a podcast. Well, one of the other baby mamas. Yeah, I'm not, this is separate from the, uh, the reality show with all the baby mamas except Mariah. So, uh... Abby De La Rosa, the one that had, I think, the last baby mama, I guess he is not giving her child support because she's getting a check being his co-host, which I think is hilarious. I don't know what her skill set is, but you know who got skills? It's Brittany Griner. Everybody's glad that she's back at home. You know, she's writing a book and she has got millions in advance, millions with a Z at the end. So uh, supposedly she's going to talk about being a prisoner in Russia, about the huge pay disparity between the NBA and the WNBA, you know, how she's just, you know, just resettling into life, you know, back at home, you know, with her family. And she has a daughter and the book doesn't have a title yet. And supposedly the book is coming out sometime next year. But whenever it comes out, trust me, trust and believe me. If there's a way to bootleg a book, it, this will be one that people will try to bootleg because I think, you know, I just really hope that, you know, it's also going to be, I think, healing for her as well. 
All right. One more thing we want to talk about is, uh, you know, this whole thing about these artists with this tour anxiety. Now, SZA has this uh, album out now, uh, this song called Kill Bill. <laughs> How interesting. But now she has made $40 million touring. But you know, she's got to go back and uh, make good on those dates that she canceled because she has anxiety. Now, a lot of artists do have anxiety. And I will say this, and maybe Sanyo can, can speak to this as well. A lot of artists, you know, when you've got all those eyes on you like that, a lot of people don't do well. Jaheem was horrible on stage. You know? He could sing the bricks off of the church door, but he was horrible when it came to stage presence. So she's, you know, she's doing that. But I'm like, honey, $40 million. I wouldn't have any anxiety going to the bank to cash those checks. But what I'm hoping doesn't fall apart. And I'm really, a lot of people are concerned about this summer block party with Jodeci, all four members. Now, you know, Jodeci just had a stroke. But about a little more than a couple of months ago. And if you saw, we all saw the video. Um, he was walking with a limp and his voice was not there. So I'm hoping that, you know, I guess they're getting out because they need money. And the last time I saw Casey and Jojo and Josie, child, it was painful. It was like somebody sticking needles under my fingernail beds. It was not a good thing. So um, they're going out on tour with Drew Hill and SWV. And I just hope that those two uh, groups don't, you know, make them look some type of way. Because even though Cisco's lost an octave from all that drinking, drugging, and partying, you know, SWV's SWV and you know Drew Hill they they, they had hits so I'm I'm wondering what's going to happen with that um, and you know speaking of SWV they now are saying that they regret signing on to that Queens of R&B show for obvious reasons but the thing is that, you know when they come to you with those checks and those zeros look very very tempting they said we could have gone out and done 25 more dates and made this money and not had the drama because if you notice the show's not really even focused on them everything is about that group I said I wasn't going to mention but um, I just want to ask you, Tommy B and Vi, did you watch uh, My Name is Monique on Netflix? Uh, I, no, it's on my list to watch. Bye. Unfortunately, I did. Oh, well, I heard, unfortunately, I heard that Rotten Tomatoes is not her friend, that she did not get rave reviews on that. You know, that was part of that settlement for the lawsuit uh, when she uh, sued Netflix, you she know, with that whole funny. mess. Pardon she me? wasn't funny. She wasn't funny. Like she I heard it was telling like, her was life story. Like, we going when you gonna start telling jokes? Right. It was more like a therapy <laughs> session when she got a check. And that's what people were saying. It wasn't funny. And uh, you know, it's funny. I guess her thing is now she's like catch a case, Monique. She sued Netflix. Now she's suing Paramount, saying that she was improperly compensated for her time on the Parkers. But what's interesting is that Countess Vaughn, who played her daughter Kim Parker, is actually is actually supporting her. So I guess it's like catch a case, Monique. But yeah, I've heard that it is not funny. And honestly, people are like, if you haven't seen it, you really don't want to. I you guess. don't. Well, I, I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Tanya B. And I did watch the reading, though. So, yeah, I did watch the reading. So I'll be right back. Let's go ahead and do this. What you watching this week, Tommy B? Hey, y'all. Uh, you know, I'm telling you the most significant new show, and it's getting a lot of talk, is Beef. If you've not had a chance to watch it on Netflix, um, it's not what you think it is. Uh, two Strangers, Road Rage Incident. But it is uh, people already talking about it who, who, who listen to the podcast, our typical watchers. And it is um, it is not what you think. Uh, it's mostly Asian cast, not your typical road rage theme drama. Much deeper. It is not what I expected uh, with character situations. Most of us can relate to, but you don't know where it's going. Each I think each episode is just unpredictable. Um, even like within the first episode, when you really think it's just going to be a chase, one of these uh, all series chase things, it's really 
something very different. Check it out. Um, there are already talks of major awards for Emmys. It's been nominated. Well, it's in it's in the window to be nominated for an Emmy. And uh, Beef Again is on Netflix. And uh, it's one of the projects, if you guys are familiar with A24, that's the uh, studio that just did everything everywhere. They just racked up at the Oscars. It's from that studio. Uh, they have done X, Pearl, The Whale, Moonlight. Uh, they do those types of movies, and, and it is definitely one for the ride. And if you're still watching, uh, of course, I'm still checking out Ted Lasso, which is definitely getting deep. If you haven't had a chance to check out Taraji P. Henson on uh, Abbott Elementary, that is now on Hulu. Uh, also, you mentioned the fact that, you know, Monique, the reading is now free on BET. If you have BET and Hulu, you can check her out without having to pay the premium on BET+. Plus. Uh, if you even care, I, I fell asleep on it. Cocaine Bear, it just wasn't my kind of movie. It's on Peacock. Uh, Mario movie has become the biggest movie of all time for gamers. It's the biggest game movie of all time. Not just not the biggest movie, but it's the biggest uh, movie based on a game in history. So congrats to those folks. Um, you know, damn, I didn't expect it, but but my Gen Z saw it and loved it. So apparently it is a fairly decent movie. And just a couple of things, um, some leftovers and, and and we'll get to the wrap of the show. And Sanyu, I, I want to get some last minute thoughts from everybody, including Sanyu. Uh, Netflix is releasing its version of August Wilson's play, The Piano. And that starts, it'll star Samuel Jackson and John David Washington. That's coming out toward the end of the year. Uh, Billy Porter, which I think this is a pretty good casting, he's going to play James Baldwin in an upcoming uh, biopic. Uh, so that's coming out. And I don't know who thought of this, but here we go. Juvenile has agreed to do an NPR Tiny Desk concert. Law, how can I do my best New Orleans? Law, law. Oh Lord. Lord, 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 Lord. But it was it was fan generated. He didn't even know what it was. It was cool when Trina did it, but I I'm not <laughs> sure what to expect for Ju from Juvie. So we'll see. Uh first look at Wicked. Um, you know, that's one highly anticipated movie, you know, based on the the Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz, uh, Rena, Ariana Grande and um Cynthia Revo. Uh, there's some photos out on the web. That movie does not come out until Damn, they're promoting this already. November 24. So November 2024 and part two is going to be in December 2025. So just look forward to that. Any final thoughts? I'll start with you, Tanya B. Final thoughts. I just want to say a shout out to everybody back in my hometown of Boston, Beantown. Uh, Boston Strong, it is the 10th anniversary of the Boston Marathon bombing. And there are people that actually have recovered some that, you know, actually going to get out there, and, you know, and run, you know, just because. And, you know, it makes sense. And there are people that have lost limbs that are out there running. So just shout out to uh, my hometown. Good stuff. Vi, you got any, you got any, got any final well, thoughts? How about these gun uh, violence we got going on? Now, if this guy don't do anything by guns that seen he said his friends and family got killed this time if you don't do anything about it then i, I really don't have no hope of anything happen yeah i agree and, and you know the 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 dadeville shooting in alabama it was a 16th birthday party um it was at a place called mahogany masterpiece dance studio and we tape on sunday so it happened the night before saturday night uh, that city only has a population of about 3200 people you have four killed. Uh, one was a star athlete and, and 15 teens were treated for gunshot wounds. Uh, six treated, wow. 
Uh, six were treated and released, and nine transferred to other facilities. And then you had the Louisville situation. It was a park shooting where two are dead, four wounded. Uh, someone just shot into the crowd at a park Saturday evening. So within you know the taping, within 24 hours of the taping of our podcast, there have been two other mass shootings. And and this is, of course, Louisville's second in the week. So, um, so, so what is it? Do we love, I guess we love money just that much. Yeah, yeah, apparently, because we ain't willing to call out racist because we love money so much. Yeah, yeah, I said it. And there are 162 mass shootings. Um, if you look at it from the beginning of the year, 1.5 mass shootings a day. And we put being the most, hey, we put being no, the greatest country in the world, right? No, we're the most violent. <laughs> we're the we're most, most, we're the most we are, violent. <laughs> we have lost our status as being the greatest country in the world. No, we're the most violent. I mean, you know, it goes it goes back to hell, the wild, wild west. It goes back to, you know, uh, they, we've been shooting them up since, you know, oh, yeah. since and the we, West. The West and was making it, And are we making it easier for you to carry a gun? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Any any last minute thoughts, saying you? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Well, when my my connection wasn't working that well, what I did want to add to the conversation about racism is if they make an announce, if they take a stand on one racist, that, that's precedent. So then every racist has a basis to be fired and then the whole industry would be gone, wouldn't it? Well, um, you know, I, I, let me say <laughs> let me let me say this, though. And, and I grew up in the South and I played sports and I will tell you that. You know, most of my co- a lot of my coaches were black, but I had white coaches and the white coaches I worked with growing up still connect with me. They still reach out. As a matter of fact, there were big storms. Um, and, you know, when when I moved to another area, another region of Georgia, we were, I remember we were having big storms and they knew how to get in touch with me on Facebook. And they say, hey, are you and your family OK? If, if there's anything that we these are these are white coaches say, hey, if there's anything we can do, if you if you guys were hit by a tornado or anything, you know, hey, we've got room. Come, come, come stay now. But a lot of these coaches treat black athletes the same way horses are trained at the Kentucky mm-hmm. Derby. I truly believe that. And I truly mean that. And this guy proves it. And that's why I'm saying to the coaches, if you mean well, if you mean well. And you want to stay out of that fray. If you don't want to be included in that, his pictures, all his uh, his quotes, his paraphernalia, the money that he's received from your organization, then why would it be damaging to your bag to just come out and say he is not part of our pipeline? I'm going to leave it at that. OK, um, yes. Wait, so, am I still on? Can I, I have one more thing to say? I yeah, wanted to go ahead, say go ahead. to Tonya B about SZA, this Kill Bill. I actually just listened to that album this weekend. I personally, I can't really relate because I, even if some dude had me twisted like that, I'm just not going to make a 20 song album for him personally. <laughs> um, but thank you. Thank you. I heard some of her uh, SNL. I'm like, this is some hard garbage. But it's 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 crazy because she's so talented, but she doesn't seem to feel fulfilled by that. So what my hope is, because I'm not Gen Z, but I know that there are girls listening to that music, feeling like, yeah, this makes sense. Like, nah, therapy, bro. Like, figure out your trauma and make music. Like, don't. I actually thought for the first time with SZA this week this weekend, I was like, she is the woman weekend. <laughs> it's like. 
if you're mm. depressed and you're making music about depression, but it's like you intend to be depressed. I don't know. It, the music confuses me. I just hope she's okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Big shout out also to our good friend, uh, Michael, and, and Vi and I both know Gary Bryant uh, in Mobile. We call him G. Uh, congrats on his retirement. And yeah. Gary checks out the show often. And and I'm just living vicariously through his post <laughs> as he as he is living his best life and, and sharing it with all all his friends. And, and, and you know, some of my best friends, honestly, and, and by you're one of them. Uh, we met back at Troy uh, in 1982, man. 41 years we've known each other. Ooh, still, that's, why, that's why we before could. Before I was born. <laughs> 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 I send you. <laughs> the cheering. But anyway, you know, some of, some of my best friends are from Troy, man. And, and we still stay connected. Uh, and, you know, that's why we can have these kind of conversations. Because we have these kind of conversations all the time in the car. So it's <laughs> I know, like. I felt like we were in your living room. I was like, let <laughs> like, me just let them. What the fuck? We start going. Chris Tucker, you know, so, but, <laughs> but, you know, shout out to the Smurfs, uh, you know, sh- the, we call, we called ourselves the Smurfs. So shout out to them. They're still on a, a text chain and we still oh, yeah. text each other just about every other day or at least once a week, because I send the show out to them via text and I appreciate their support. Uh, follow us on social media, Twitter. Uh, everything is at, this is the G podcast, except for Twitter, which is the, this is the G pod, but it's all, it's all in our bio on social media. Check us out on uh, video, audio, YouTube, and definitely make sure you subscribe and hit the bell and receive notifications. All right, Vi, you ready, man? I am ready, my brother. All right, let me let me go ahead and cue you up. All right, here we go. You know, I didn't come here to preach to you today. Here's your inspirational moment with Vi. Our troubles should not diminish our faith, our delusion. We should realize that there is a purpose in our suffering. One, they remind us of Christ serving for us. Two, they keep us from pride. Three, they cause us to look beyond this brief life. Four, they prove our faith to others. And five, they give us good opportunity to to discriminate his power. See your troubles as opportunities. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Are we saying, people, God didn't promise you that life will be easy. He promised you that he will be there for you always. So remember, when times are hard, he's there with you. Call on him and he will answer. Just as well, he's with you when times are good. He's not a genie who answers wishes. He take care of you as he sees fit. So people understand, God is always there through hard times and good time. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Vi. Thank you so much. Uh, again, Samuel Estelle, thank you so thank much you. for coming by. Uh, Tanya B, as always, thank you for what you do. Appreciate you traveling all around the world. And with that, y'all. Ay, ay, ay. With that, episode 171 is in the can. We are out of here, y'all. Peace and power to the people. Hope it is a much better week this week. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to the G Podcast with your host, Tommy B. The G Podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.